0: Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the NFL Scotland podcast. A Championship Sunday filled with controversy and we have an Enra pub filled with NFL fans. My name is Cameron Hobbs.
1: And my name is Paul Mitchell. What a week for the NFL. What a week for the Rams, for the Chiefs, for the Patriots. But oh my, what a week for the Saints. The honking reward is all mine. Not giving that to anybody else. That is purely in my possession. The other awards, including porridge, we'll give out this week.
0: Once we've picked the pieces away from that though, I'll be catching up with Scotsman Cam Craig to get an update on his journey from the British Leagues to the American indoor game.
1: And presuming I don't get taken out by a Rams cornerback, we'll round things off with some of the news items which have caught our attentions this week.
0: So Paul, I'm really sorry to tell you that we're going to have to start this one by looking back at the first game, which of course is that Saints-Rams game, and as you highlighted in the intro there, the Honkin Award goes exclusively to you. Gordon McGuinness got in touch on Twitter to suggest this first of all, because midway through the game, you said, nothing can be as bad as the Minnesota Miracle.
1: It's nice to be proved wrong, isn't it? (laughs) Unbelievable. I mean, the Minnesota Miracle just took, took the breath away. Um, and the one thing I wasn't last year was angry. I was frustrated, I was disappointed, but it was a brilliant play by the Vikings. They got in position, they made the play, the Saints failed to execute a football move, and the Saints didn't go through. This year, oh, no disappointment, just, just the anger. Um, and I've seen so much on Twitter Cameron about... You know, people saying, well, it's it's a call. These things happen all the time. Uh, you know, various games have been decided. Saints still had a chance in overtime. Uh, you know, the Saints didn't have to throw an interception. All of these things are true. But the basic, simple bottom line is you're asked to go win a football game. The Saints got the ball with under six minutes to play. They ground down the clock. They were ready to be inside, I think, the 11-yard line with under two minutes to play, a couple of timeouts left, a couple of timeouts for the Rams, um, who would have to have stopped the clock because the Saints would have run it. And the win probability at that point for the Saints was well over 95%. So as well as everybody's been very well-meaning, this could have happened, that could have happened, etc. We accept all that. But take the fact the Saints did their job professionally to get down to where they were, to strangle the game, to knock the Rams out, to go into the Super Bowl, And the officials blew the call. Not one call, but two calls. Because not only was it pass interference, it was a hit to the head as well. The best angle that I've seen on it doesn't come from the television coverage. It's come from somebody on Twitter put up a video of them, I think, in the second tier of the Superdome. It gives you the whole play uh, from the moment he turned round and just went straight after the Saints receiver. There was no doubt that that was a foul. Everybody in the stadium knew it, seeing it. Most people on television knew it, seeing it. Then to show it again, within seconds on a replay, everybody knows it's the wrong call. And the NFL can turn around and say, actually, you can't review that. It is complete and utter nonsense. It's a cop-out. Now, I realise this has turned into a monologue rather than a podcast, (laughs) but... What you've got to do in these situations is any play in the last two minutes has to become reviewable. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, There's too much on the line. It really is as simple as that. There is too much on the line. Now, Keenan Allen tweeted, congrats to the Rams and everything, but there's no way these referees can be in the league next season. I can count multiple games where they have dictated the end of a game. It ain't fair. It's out of control and the consequences, well, there are no consequences JJ Watt there needs to be some form of accountability and then in capitals needs to be these are two top players in the league they've got to be listened to
0: absolutely I was actually thinking as well that was more of a monologue than a monologue but you know (laughs) I don't blame you and I don't think anybody can blame you or any of the Saints fans I think that what it's done both of these games and we'll talk about both of them they've surfaced some flaws in the game Um. Now, actually, that first flaw wouldn't even be discussed if that penalty had been thrown and the right call had been given. But ultimately, I think it's, it's, it's the fact that it's not just a miss where it's marginal. It's a terrible miss. And other than the fact that you get your honking award for the the nothing can be worse than the Minnesota miracle, <laughs> um it's, it would have been the referee that didn't throw the flag. He would have been the absolute honker of the week. It was terrible. You know, in Scottish football, this is the sort of stuff that, you know, we'd be, there'd be all kinds of action. There'd be strikes being threatened. There'd be all kinds of stuff going on with it. We see it all the time, but so often they're marginal cases that have just gone the wrong way. It's not even close to marginal. It's terrible. For me as well, and I think, the thing that I haven't seen perhaps many people talk about that I think is important. It's not even about, you know, cause you can go back to earlier in the game and miss calls, and of course, there's miss calls in every single game. That you can give me you could probably give five, ten other instances in that game where things could have been called either for or against the Saints and the Rams. But ultimately, it's at the point that it's given. It's the fact it's so blatant, it's the game on the line that is going to have psychological consequences that you just can't account for. You need to consider the play, but not just where it is, but when it is. It is the Saints game managing, like you say, down to the end to go and win the game, run the clock out, kick the ball over, done. We're off to the Super Bowl. Thanks very much. It's been a good game, but we've just edged you. Ultimately, the, the you can see all the players remonstrating with the officials, arms going up in there. They don't know what's going on. They can't believe it's being called. That puts you on the back foot. Flip side to that, that puts the Rams on the front foot because their heads are down. They're thinking, oh, geez, you know, we're just not going to be able to stop these guys. Here they come, here they come, here they come. Oh, boy, we've got a way with one. This is a chance. And you could almost see a little bit of that carry then into overtime. Now, ultimately, like you said, Drew Brees doesn't throw the interception, whatever. You know, whether there's contact made, whether it's a bit of uh, influence on the quarterback, it, it's... It's not a great throw, it's been picked off. Ultimately the Rams did what they needed to do, they kicked and they've done what they've needed to do. I don't think there should be any heat on the Rams for this. And I think that, you know, wish them well in the in the Super Bowl, only their second ever Super Bowl appearance. So, you know, we've got to wish them well. But um but I, <laughs> no. No
1: no you can wish them as well as you like. That 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 ain't happening. I'll agree with you on the point that the the interception. I mean, it was the flukiest, luckiest interception given the way it happened. Was Drew Brees hit in the face? I'll tell you what. There's a marginal call yeah. that you go with on the field. I've not really got a problem with that because that happened so quick. You watch the simple. I mean, and, and the simple thing is, and, the, and there's absolutely no doubt about it. Nickel Ruby Coleman simply turned and made a. Line for Lewis. Yeah. There was no way he was looking at the ball. He didn't care about the ball. He didn't know when the ball was going to arrive. He actually just turned with one sole objective. Now that call being missed is horrific. The one-on uh, breeze in the in overtime. You could say it could go either way. I had no confidence the Saints were going to win in overtime simply because of what you said. The Rams had thought they'd lost and they had everything surging. The whole Superdome knew that the Saints should have been in the the Super Bowl. Now, there's, there's some things that concern me. One, as I say, please don't go on about what happened before and what the Saints could have done or not. The Saints put themselves in a position to win that game and that's what professional football teams do. Simple as that. I don't want to hear anything about what happened previously. They missed just the most mind-numbing call because they wouldn't review pass interference. Now, anything within the last two minutes should be reviewable. It really is that simple, or a coach's challenge should be able to be made on that because everybody, before they lined up for the next play, everybody knew the Saints should have been in the Super Bowl at that point. Now, here's the point. The league, the referees have admitted you know, the, the referee supervisor admitted it's the wrong call. He said that to Sean Payton, who I thought handled it beautifully, a lot a lot better than I would have done. I would've liked to <laughs> see them dig I would have liked to see him dig them a little bit more, but the Saints have tried to take the moral high ground on this and, and that's that's their choice. The NFL office have been very, very careful here about what they're saying, because it's the most litigious country in the world and anything yeah. that comes out to admit could result in a lawsuit, now we've already seen this ridiculous, I think it's about 150,000 signatures, uh, lawyers trying to take the NFL to court. It's a sporting occasion at the end of the day. It's one of the most egregious errors I can remember ever seeing in sports, without any doubt, I've not felt as badly as that since, since Scotland and I use the word cheated in inverted commas were cheated out of place in the semi-final of the World Cup a few years ago by Craig Schubert uh, who gave a mysterious penalty against Scotland for Australia to win any sports fan can tell you that they've been to games where things have happened, this this is legacy changing the Saints go to the Super Bowl and if they beat New England, that's Two for Peyton, guaranteed Hall of Fame, two for Breeze, he's going there anyway. So, but it's just such a big difference um by not getting there. Breeze is forty, who knows if he'll be able to do all that again next year?
0: Yeah. Indeed. And I mean he is coming back, so there's one good thing for sure. Um if he had achieved it this year, this is a bit of a uh yeah, a bit of a throwaway, but if he had actually gone on and won it this year, do you think he might have retired?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because do you go out when you're on top? You know, he, he's got his health. Uh, he's got all the money he'll ever need. Who knows what he's thinking about? Would Drew Brees be as good as Tony Romo in the booth? Who knows? We, we just don't know. But let, let's, let's read Rule 17, Section 2, Article 1. The commissioner has the sole authority, sole authority, to investigate and take appropriate disciplinary action and or corrective measures if any club action, non-participant interference or calamity occurs in an NFL game which the commissioner deems so extraordinary, unfair or outside the accepted tactics encountered in professional football that such action has a major effect on the result of the game. Now, you could argue... This is as textbook as it absolutely gets. But, and and you can look at this two ways. Be interested to see what people think. Be great to get feedback. One, if the commissioner was never going to take action like this, what's the rule doing in there? Yeah. And is this not the most egregious thing you've ever seen? Now, bearing in mind, the head referees come out and said it was wrong. The Rams have come out and said it was wrong. Robbie Coleman has come out and said he knew he'd been believed. He believed he'd been beaten for a touchdown, and the giving of the foul to him was the most palatable option. Everybody's admitted it. Yeah. What gets more egregious than that? Now, personally, it's a sporting event. What's done is done, um, and it's the old story. They'll change the rules because something bad has happened to someone, and it just so happens that that bad has happened to the Saints.
0: Yes. So it's always going to be hard to take if you're a Saints fan. If the league now do something positive, fine, longer term. But watch watch this. This will be the thing. The Saints will have the chip on the shoulder next season. They'll get to the playoffs. They'll make a run. And it will be this very rule change that will eventually undo them probably next year. Because that's how these things are written in the stars, isn't it?
1: I'm predicting nothing. I'm up. I'm predicting. The Last prediction I'll make, just because it, my predictions go horribly wrong. Rams by thirty-five in the Super Bowl. Hope they win it by a million miles. Rams have a be parade in Los Angeles. Not a, not a chance.
0: Oh, dear. Right. Okay. Do you know? I think we'll move on. Um, we won't recap the score. Everybody knows the score. The one thing that I thought was really interesting in this game, though, is two teams that have been so good on the ground. Neither side got the run game going at all, um, and actually it was it was through the air um, that both both games were played, which surprised me. Perhaps maybe not with the Saints defense, because that Saints defense can can be good against the run, but really, you know, obviously, um, Gurley wasn't up to much at all today at all. CJ Anderson's coming and done well, but didn't really grind up a lot of yards. On the flip side to that, Mark Ingram, you know, thirty-one yards off nine carries. Kamara, fifteen off eight. Obviously, Kamara got 96 through the air, so did a lot better there. Michael Thomas kept quiet. Um, You know, on the other side, Robert Woods pretty quiet. It, It was a funny game. It uh, depends on your definition of funny. Well, I suppose indeed. And you know, what? I'm not <laughs> going to poke any further. We'll uh, we'll move swiftly on then and into the late game. Um, the Patriots obviously coming out thirty-seven, thirty-one, and right away we're going to talk about another rule because obviously um, this was two and fro. Patriots brilliant in the first half, really had the beating off. Um, Mahomes, he had nothing to offer and actually even into the third quarter Mahomes was only still starting to get warmed up but then he exploded in the fourth quarter managed to get things in at level it goes to overtime a toss of the coin, you don't win that the other team gets the ball first score a touchdown, game over that's not right is it? I
1: have no problem with that Really? absolutely no problem with that whatsoever I had a problem when it was a field goal but I've no problem with that. In terms of defence, is part of the game as well. You stop them, you've then got the chance to go, and you've then got the field goal in your pocket that you can go and win it. So it, it's one of these things, and we've looked at it. Winning the toss only gives you about a fifty-two percent chance of
0: winning. Yes, absolutely.
1: So I don't think there's anything particularly wrong. Now I know the college rules; everybody gets a shot. Yeah. Now I wouldn't be. I'm. I'm not saying I would object to a change of the rules. But defence, everybody keeps saying defence wins championships. Well, I'll tell you what, you get your defence to step up here and find you the ball. The Rams got the ball.
0: Yes, because their defence stepped up, absolutely. Um, I, I, I take the point. I guess for me, it just, you know, the, the Chiefs have been totally geared up on offence. What they've done is they've blown teams away. But there's been the odd game here and there where they've not necessarily been able to do it in the regular time. It's gone to overtime. Their star player is Mahomes. They're they're all about the attack. They've got the momentum. They've not had it at the start of the game. They've built that momentum. But they don't get the the ball back into their own players' hands. And I think the thing for me is I can't understand, and I have no explanation as to why that rule is that way. Why is it that way? Why is it that as soon as you score a touchdown, game over? You know, if it was a field goal, it wouldn't be. Um, And obviously that gives the ball back. So, you know, what's the difference between a field goal and a touchdown in the sense of not getting the ball back to the other team? In the interest of the game as a sports fan, I want to see both of these quarterbacks pinging back and forward. And I agree with you on the college thing, incidentally. I think it's a great system. But I just don't, don't understand why the rule is the way that the rule is. I don't think the fact that it gives you any less chance of a win... Uh, or it means that you know it's pretty close i don't think that's even relevant in the question of whether or not the rule should change we want to see the best players on the field and for any team that's made it this far in the playoffs with the exception of the odd few here and there it's going to be their quarterback that's their star so therefore you want to see those best players out in overtime given a chance Do you know what? they've scored a touchdown right away you've got one chance kansas um kansas city kansas because they're not in kansas uh, but you know Crack on, you get one go, you don't do it, game over, you're out. Um, but at least give them the chance, at least allow them the opportunity to pitch it, especially as well when they've been, and not to the same extent, but the the Patriots have benefited from a rather dodgy-looking um well, it's a very dodgy looking there uh, rough in the passer. Now, again, in hindsight, it's marginal. So, you know, to our points earlier on, it is marginal. So you can see the hand come down, it brushes his chest, not really his head, but Brady flinches his head back. That makes it look like to the referee that he has been hit in the head. And watching it, you can be like, right, you know, it's a bad callback and understand why from certain angles that may have been given. Yes. But for the Chiefs to kind of fight back, get the opportunity, do what they need to do, get the game into overtime, and then it's decided by the, a coin toss. Now, this happened a couple of years ago as well. No, I can't no, remember no, the no, teams. No, no,
1: no, 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 It wasn't decided by a coin toss. No, I'm not having that. But, they want the toss. But, no, the, the Chiefs had the opportunity to stop them and didn't do so. So, well, let, let's refer to Mike Carlson, because I screenshotted a tweet from Mike Carlson. Now, people know he is the savant of, of the NFL in the UK. He basically tweets this one more time historically overtime was sudden death and used only in playoffs hence 1958 being the greatest game ever then it went to every game then the rule was changed to avoid cheap field goal wins the current system maintains the threat of sudden death and I can live with that and by the way, ditch overtime in the regular season
0: well yeah, and I mean I think there's definitely a point for that Um, but I don't know, it just doesn't feel I don't know It just doesn't, for me, it doesn't sit right in my craw. And I just, I think it would be better, I think it would make the game better to give at least one opportunity to both teams. I just, I can't, I don't truly see the argument of just allowing a defence out when you have three teams on the field and your team is not just about defence. It's about a combination of three things over the season being better than the combination of the other three. So what you've got there is you've got the Pats special team involved You've, on the offense, I suppose you've got both special teams, but you've really got the Pats' special team, you've then got the Patriots' offense, and all you've got is the Kansas City's defense, which we know is a liability. So what? the reason I say it's they've lost it on the coin to us, because I think if it went the other way, the Chiefs would be in the Super Bowl. Now, I'll add this as well, because this is the one bit of rhetoric I hate. If this was the other way around, and the Chiefs had done it, I'd still be calling for a change to the rules. I didn't want the Patriots, I'll be honest, the 11th Super Bowl, um, it's boring now but fine, whatever um, anyone at the live event heard me rattle on about the fact that this whole uh, everyone thinks we're going to lose thing is nonsense but you know I just if it was the other way around I would be exactly the same this isn't because it's the packs that have benefited and like I say there was a game a couple. I'm trying to remember the game, I'm sure the Seahawks progressed in a game where they got the ball first in overtime Um, and Russell Wilson managed to pull off a touchdown and that was the end of that I just felt it felt it feels like there's a there's always going to be a claim off a team to say this wasn't fair and if that's the case then i just think it would be better if it was changed
1: i would have no objection to the change but i would have no objection to it staying the same defense is is part of the game yes, and if your defense is. isn't good enough and the, i mean the chiefs got absolutely filleted yes. by brady on oh. that 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 last drive i mean that was classic Tom Brady. And, yeah, some people say, you know, we're a bit fed up of the Patriots I'm in the totally Super Bowl bored. and things like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm bored. I'm just waiting my Patriots jersey arriving, my Patriots cap arriving, uh, my Patriots pom-poms arriving. Um, so, no, I love the fact. I I didn't watch the game. I listened to the game on the radio. Yeah. Uh, and I, I th- it was brilliantly done on the radio. You, you've got to give a, a nod to the guys uh, Ollie Hunter and Will Gammon at Talksport. I thought they handled the game well in the studio part. I really liked the call from Westwood One, um, but they did send out a tweet saying, "Wow, this game's going back and forward." Uh, you know, which team do you think the Rams would rather face? Uh, to which I replied, "Loving the coverage, guys. Great radio comms." Answer to who would the Rams rather face? They don't mind as long as they get to keep the officiating team from the
0: championship. <laughs> There's no way those calls are made against the Patriots. Let me tell you that right now. That's my bias coming to the plate. But anyway, um, so yes, you're right. And you know what? They did play really well. Brady threw a bunch of yards, but actually on the ground, you know, Sonny Michel, the only running back over the whole weekend that really can walk away with uh, his head held really high. 113 yards, two touchdowns was absolutely brilliant. I thought some of the footage of Tony Romo's commentary of him basically saying what's going to happen next was brilliant. Now, obviously, he, he's a quarterback, so he knows the reads. He's played against the teams, he's, but he's exceptional at what he does. So I thought he was superb. Um, but, you know, Brady, in the end, only threw the one touchdown. Uh, he had more interceptions than touchdowns. Uh, and for him, though, personal record, he's now got the same road record number of victories as Mark Sanchez. So, you know, I think that's probably the number one thing he'll be most delighted about.
1: Yes, I mean, he's, he's got away from the Sanchez uh, story, which which is absolutely great. I think the other thing we, we should indicate is that the, the viewing figures were phenomenal yeah. for both games in the States. I've not seen the Sky Sports figures yet. Uh, there's a guy on Twitter that normally puts them out but CBS claims the Patriots Chiefs got nearly 54 million viewers. Uh, the, the Rams Saints got at least 43, I think, 43 million viewers. Um, so that, that is pretty impressive stuff from the NFL. Now, to put that into context, that's more than double the Academy Awards and almost three times either the most watched NBA World, uh, Finals game or World Series game. The NFL remains king
0: indeed, it does, and you know, this is when we've been hearing all this rhetoric about shrinking league and all this sort of stuff, it's brilliant it's great to see, but you know what they were as much as you were disappointed with the result and as much as, you know, there's calls and controversy and stuff like that these were the sort of contested games that we wanted to see all the way through the playoffs that we didn't get, these were tightly contested games, both going to overtime, Um, you know it it was thriller stuff Um, and and and. You know, as obviously for yourself aside, a very interesting and exciting NFL championship Sunday. So, you know, that can only help invigorate interest in the league as well for the Super Bowl. Uh, and I think that there's so there'll be so much chat now about Sean McVeigh against Bill Belichick, Jared Goff against Tom Brady, it is the old versus the new you know this is like I bet you this will happen, there will be a Luke Skywalker reference coming in about uh, McVeigh against you know the evil empire of um, Darth Vader who will be played by Tom Brady and obviously the Emperor himself, uh, Bill Belichick I'm sure there will be some of that stuff to be looking forward to, we will come on to a Super Bowl preview but for now any last thoughts then on Championship Sunday from you Paul?
1: It was horrendous. Utterly <laughs> <laughs> horrendous. Uh, we should talk about the golf tavern and everybody turned up to watch the games with us at the golf tavern. And I, I didn't get the gentleman's name, but sitting right behind me was a Rams fan, uh, with Brian.
0: The
1: same, Brian with yeah. the, the the jersey of Sam Bradford. And good chat with him. You know, he'd seen been a Rams fan for a long time, been to St. Louis to see them and things like that. And I'll tell you what. That, that's one of the worst nights I've ever felt in a sporting occasion. Um, and then But to be able just to turn round and chat with a guy who supports the opposition team says a lot about the NFL in this country and the way that we handle um, the, the friendships that are there amongst people uh, who support the NFL. Because I can't imagine uh, that would happen too often if it was uh, our national game.
0: No, absolutely. And I, I totally agree with you. I think that, that the, the night of the golf was brilliant. You know, we want to thank our three guests that came along. Charles Patterson from Sky Sports, Gordon McGuinness from Pro Football Focus, and Jamie Morrison, quarterback for the Edinburgh Wolves at the moment, although he is moving to Prague to go and play in the Prague setup. We will have more on Jamie with that later on in a couple of pods' time. But I thought they were brilliant. I thought everybody engaged really well. We gave away a bunch of prizes, which was brilliant. I think that everybody really enjoyed it. And me, myself, I think, I think I'd think said to you guys at about half past 11 that I was going to, leave, going to stay for one more and that I was going to leave after that. Um, I ended up leaving the pub at quarter past three after my phone had died. No taxis to be had. So I had to walk four miles home in minus two degrees temperature. So that was fun.
1: You had about six last pints I, You see, the thing is, I, I was always going to leave after the first game Yeah, You knew that But I, I couldn't leave after the first game Because it would have looked like I was a bad loser So I had to stay for about another 45 minutes Of you know that self-control and talking to people And smiling and getting getting through So I had to work through an awful lot of stuff there
0: Yeah, absolutely uh, Right, so on to the awards then, Paul And we've already decided honkins for you But... Uh, Lorne Callahan's been in touch to say honking award. He says it's a toss-up between the two officiating crews. The, Sa- the Saints Rams missed pass interference call, but also he thinks for the Patriots' <laughs> chief soft roughing the passer call when Brady got tapped on the chest. Uh, yeah, you know what? The, the, neither set of officials really covered themselves in glory this weekend. Mab i X. I'm never sure these tart names. Anyway, most Scottish-like performance. <laughs> D Ford so close and one big mistake cost him dearly interesting one Honkin is the side judge in the Saints game Yep, yeah, very much and had his porridge, James Devlin uh, the dude is a wrecking ball and he was to be fair James Devlin is really again another typical Belichick move <laughs> just produces a player from nowhere introduces it at a time you're not expecting and he does exactly what his team needs him to do
1: yeah that, that, that's a fair shout I mean the most Scottish-like performance for me the award goes to Sean Payton um, and I'll tell you why because you're obviously curious as to yeah. why if you take the interview he gave with Fox at the end of the game now 99% of Scots the blood would be boiling and they wouldn't be able to to hold it in but there is that thing that you know the Scots can be a weird and thrown folk and it's almost like America expected him to go absolutely uh, ballistic his controlled anger yeah. I think said everything about the situation um and that's what really impressed me and it was sometimes very scottish because we are very passionate we're very patriotic we get upset about things but sometimes when push comes to shove you know that anger we can get our point across in a nice easy measured tone you know sean payton was furious you know sean payton realized that the saints and i put it in, in quote marks, had been cheated, uh, but he somehow stepped up to the mark and didn't let fly. I think if that's a normal regular season game, he lets fly. Um, I think he realised that the implications might be a bit bigger, so I think he just tried to tone it down as much as he possibly
0: could. Do you know what? You know it what? wouldn't have been wouldn't out be of place be if be during be that be interview, be uh, Christian, Christian Daly had walked past in the background and called them cheats.
1: Yes, absolutely. Cheat, you're a cheat, cheat, Christian. Who said that wonderful Bertie Volk's moment
2: um,
1: in an interview? If you've never seen it, it's well worth a watch. It's the yeah. Scotland manager who'd lost in Germany, um, and Christian Daly goes absolutely ballistic in the background. It, it, it was an important moment, and I don't think anybody doubts it was the wrong call. I'd like to see the league be a little bit stronger, uh, but again, because of the what's what's around is they, they can't really admit too much and and you don't have time to replay a game or bring everybody back yeah. i mean that, that's just quite plainly nonsense and you don't want the commissioner coming in and setting as I'd say no Rams actually that was so egregious under these articles you're not going to the Super Bowl the no. says there's no satisfying. outcome and actually I don't even think that the Rams going through is a satisfying outcome because if the Rams go on to win the Super Bowl it's going to be one with a little asterisk beside it see egregious call versus Saints game and in those terms I'd feel sorry for the Rams players because if they go on to beat the Patriots then they will deserve to do what they've done
0: even if the Patriots now win it there'll kind of be a little half asterisk next to it saying you might not have done it if the Saints had been there so that's definitely one right there's one more on Twitter just before we move on Kieran White I'm sorry Paul he is a Rams fan so the the entire Rams defensive line had their porridge as did Greg the leg the honking award for him goes to the Saints run offence and the most Scottish like performance is the officiating was nearly as bad as the refs in Scottish football does that count?
1: Uh, no, any Rams fans' input on this week's programme <laughs> is disqualified on the technicality that I don't want anything to do with the Rams at the moment. <laughs> no, I mean, good luck to the Rams fans. They'll go and enjoy their, their Super Bowl. For a Saints fan, again, I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be biased. I mean, I've watched the Super Bowl every year for donkey's years. If I was to miss this one, I wouldn't be upset.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I can understand that approach. I think that, for me, the the, uh, the fact that the Patriots there, again, just makes me go, oh, really, again? It's just a bit repeat, but never mind, Hey, Right, time to draw a line under it. We move on. That's it now. The championship games have been discussed. It's done. Next time we're on, we'll be looking forward to the Super Bowl. However... Ahead of that, we spoke to um, Southampton-based player, but Scotsman Cam Craig. He was due to be heading out to join a Las Vegas indoor team last time we spoke. We had a little bit of an update with him earlier on this week. So Cam, thank you for joining us again on the NFL Scotland podcast. We spoke to you um, early last year about the plans that you had and the fact that you you were going out to Las Vegas to hopefully sign for one of the indoor teams over there. But tell us what's been going on since we last spoke to you
2: yeah uh thank you thank you for having me um yeah there's there's been a bit of change um but a development really since since uh, since we last spoke um unfortunately things things didn't quite work out with las vegas and um, there was some um paperwork and visa issues from from them from from their end um and unfortunately it just came down to to paperwork and um and things not being you know done in time etc um so then i kind of became a, a free agent and uh and i kind of knew about that for, for a couple of months um made myself known in, in the market through program recruitment um and then uh, was was very fortunate to be contacted by Stephen smith at the uh, carolina havoc uh arena football team and um and that was just before christmas um they said they'd get back to me and, and just into the new year they've, they've offered me the chance to head over to camp on the 22nd of february for their final training camp before um, deciding on their final roster, and uh, and then all being well, um, the season would then start on on about March fifteenth, I, I believe, is the first
0: game. Fantastic. Great that you've got another opportunity. You know, it's we hear stories of things like this, you know, falling down for people, especially when it's going transatlantic and visas and paperwork does get in the way. So really good that the Carolina Havoc have picked this up. And actually looking at it, it looks like the setup that they're in is maybe a bit more established than the Vegas team. So this might actually end up being a bit of a win-win.
2: Yes, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with that. I think for me, you know, Vegas was, was such a... Out of the ordinary opportunity for me. I'd, I'd had offers from Europe um, previously, but I think I was so you know caught up in the lights as it were to be to be offered such a thing. And actually looking behind the scenes on it, um, you know there wasn't a lot um, in terms of knowledge about the team themselves. That you know it will be their first season this year, and I'll be curious to see how they get on. I wish them all the best, but um, you know unfortunately it just couldn't it couldn't work out with me. Um, it wasn't quite established enough to be able to offer. What they, what they said they could deliver. Um, but, you know, and Carolina approached and, and wanted to know more about the story. And I have to say, I feel far, far more comfortable. Um, there's so much more background about the team. Um, obviously, they're defending champions of the American Arena League. Um, and uh, and I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing and really excited to get out there and, and get involved.
0: Um, Carolina, as well, has actually got a long history uh, with Scotsmen moving there. Uh, when there was the initial uh, sort of movement over to the United States actually a lot of Scots ended up in Carolina so it feels only right it feels a bit of destiny Um, have they have they given you much sort of information and told you what to expect from camp then?
2: Um, Yes so in in terms of um, the camp itself um, the setup is um, you know I I head out there on the 22nd camp I, I you know, signing for camp on the 25th and then it's two weeks of, of very very grueling very hard work um you know everything from fundamentals to to measurables um and it, it kind of allows me the chance to go up against American opposition um I can see myself how you know where it is I stand in there um they 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 put you up and they feed you for two weeks as well, which is which is beneficial for myself. Um, and they tr- they give you the opportunity to experience what it's like to be a player um, and being in that starting uh, that starting team. And for me, that that's all I ever wanted. You know, all I ever wanted was to have the opportunity um, to show what I could do um, and to kind of test myself. And I think that is absolutely what's what's about to hit me. And um, you know, after all the support I've had from from everyone, including yourselves, um, you know, it, it, all it is is fueling feeling, uh, feeling me going out there and doing the best I can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, it, it really does sound quite exciting, you know, the fact that the opportunity was there, it's not worked out, but here's something better come along. Um, have you been to Carolina before, or is this going to be completely new to you? It's completely
2: new. I've, I've only ever been um, to the US, to, to Disneyland in Florida uh, when I was younger. Um, I've never... No, I've never even been abroad on my own. So, <laughs> so and at the deep so end. Yeah, so I've never, I've never even gotten a flight at the moment. Oh. So this is, this is very much a, an out of out of comfort experience, but something I cannot wait for. And uh, and as I say, the the support that I'm feeling from from Carolina themselves, you know, they put a post on their social media today, um, with a video of, of some of the players at a final training training. Um, Camp before the you know the official training camp, and you know they mentioned myself and you know they really do seem genuinely really excited to have me there, and I think they're looking forward as well to seeing you know how what the European competitions like and you know that's that's another reason I want to go out there and do the absolute best I can.
0: Well, I was just going to say that is you know there's an opportunity here I guess beyond even yourself in the sense that if you go over there and do well, you perhaps create the opportunity for other players from the UK from Scotland to get the opportunity and what is a, a, a different market you know we're so used to seeing the NFL but the indoor leagues are popular you know you're you're going to be playing in one of the biggest um, arenas um, off the league you know it's a 10,000 seater stadium so you're talking that's going to be a big old noisy crowd um, yeah. but it's opportunity for you to trailblaze the pathway um, and then obviously that's just very exciting in, in general
2: Absolutely for, for me you know you know I'm very I'm incredibly proud to be Scottish I'm incredibly proud of where I've come from um you know and for me just everything you've just mentioned is it, it all just shows me how important it is and um you know the chance of as you say maybe even creating something for, for people in the future and as well on a personal level for myself you know um whether it just practice other I know we mentioned before yeah. um, having that you know I, I you know it was funny because because coach Smith was telling me you know dyspraxia is not even that well known out there it's, it's completely unheard of um you know they don't they don't really understand it and you know for me i think it's um it's an incredibly important incredibly important thing to, to be to raise awareness for and you know if i can help you know kids who kids who do have dyspraxia and um and give them something to to motivate themselves and show them that it can be done especially you know when you're not even from you know the same country yeah um you know, to me, is, is really important. You know, even even after Vegas, um, when when that was still potentially a, an ongoing thing, I had a young a young a young boy from from Alabama and his mother contact me. Um, his name was Micah, and he had this practice, you know, and they saw the story on the BBC, and uh, they sent me a a video, and and we're kind of it was his mother looking for for advice for for the son, um, and and how and how you know if there was any tips in terms of his mm. funding and his development. And for me, that was, you know, that was, that was very touching. And all that did for, for me was, you know, how important it is with everything as well, but also the dyspraxia element as well. You know, that is important for me.
0: Well, this is it. I think that, you know, when we speak to people, coaches and things like that, we often hear that ability is one thing, but actually having the mental capability, the determination, that's the difference maker. And you've clearly got that. So, you know, certainly from the outset, it looks like you're you're very much geared and fingers crossed it's going to be a great opportunity for you. What do you think is going to be the toughest part of this then? You know, you've obviously mentioned the fact that you've never travelled abroad by yourself. That's going to be hard. Obviously, playing up against guys that have been playing the game for years is going to be hard. Is there one bit in particular that you're thinking, do you know what, this is the bit I really need to nail if I'm going to make a go of this? Um, to me,
2: the hardest bit is going to be, um, you know, I think I think the, the, my knowledge of the game is is good for definitely for, for a UK um, born, but just getting used to the game out there, because obviously it's a very different, even down to the plays they run and everything like that. But, you know, I have every faith. You know, I think the coaching staff there are fantastic. I think they have a great way of um, explaining things. They seem to have fantastic facilities. And You know, for me, I think I think it's definitely something that can be developed and can be taught. And, you know, all I can do is just give 110%, um, do everything I can, live in the gym. And uh, for me, for me for me the hard, honestly the hardest part for me is genuinely going to be that initial journey yeah. because I think when I'm actually there and I'm comfortable and I'm used to it um I, I honestly believe I, I can I can excel I believe I can do the best I can I've got, I've got and, and the reason for that is the support and the support from my family and my friends and and Carolina themselves um, has been fantastic so um, to me to me there's nothing to lose here all I'm going out there to do is Show everything I can do, and uh, and I have every faith. I have every
0: faith. And we've got every faith in you too. And do you know what? You've got the support of Scotland as well, Cam. You know we'll be watching. We'll be listening. We'll hopefully speak to you in a couple of months and get another update on the story. We're going to try and hopefully speak to someone as well from Carolina in the next couple of weeks and get their side of the story as well. So you know we Absolutely. wish you every success. We very much believe in you. Like I say, you've clearly got the ability, or they wouldn't ask. And from speaking to you, you've clearly got the right mental approach to this. So, you know, fingers crossed you're going to go out there and you're going to show them what a tough Scotsman's all about.
2: 100%. You could, I couldn't have heard it any better myself. And thank you so much. That, that really does mean the world.
0: Brilliant. Thanks for joining us again, Cam. Thank you. Paul, on to the news then. Anything tickling your fancy?
1: Well, I think one of the stories we're going to talk about is that the Saints cornerback, PJ Williams, has been arrested in new orleans on suspicion and allegations of drunk driving so if his week wasn't bad enough he's now been arrested he's going into free agency there's many crimes that we talk about and there's no such thing as a good crime drunk driving really annoys me uh, because it's not just yourself you can put others into danger um so he should be treated like anybody else that is you know, these allegations come against I just I, I just find that really annoying and I hope that he doesn't dare try and use the Saints disappointment as, as any form of excuse. I certainly hope that's not the case. The one thing the other thing I wanted to look at I mean it's interesting if you look at the NFL website this week, it's just been full of the playoff games and it's been, you know, Robbie Coleman saying I was beat, you know, Saint some Peyton saying, you know, there's never been a more obvious non-call in the history of the sport etc, etc. Let's move away from that for a minute. I came across uh, a tweet that was liked by Pro Sports Extra from a guy called Ryan. I mean, I don't know Ryan from the next person standing next to me, who simply says, get rid of the Pro Bowl and make the two worst teams play for the first pick
0: in the draft. Yep. Now, we talked about this last year actually, if you remember. And I'm, I'm a massive advocate for this. And I still am. I just, I, I won't watch the Pro Bowl. I've got no interest in it. I get the significance for the players and it's lovely. And I think that's the one thing that would be really hard to replace if you did go down another route. I think it's really hard to take away from them this accolade that do you know what you've had a good enough performance during the season to make it into an elite team, an all-star team. It's a very American thing, but they they care a lot about that. And you look at some of these great guys that are in these teams. I would be ashamed to take that away from them. But I think if you're looking at it from the point of view of viewing figures and a contest, making one play two, so you're talking about the Niners and the Cardinals playing off for the number one pick. That's a juicy game, and I'd watch that. Even with the Niners involved, you know, and we're stinking, I'd still watch it.
1: Yeah, I I think this is a bit simplistic, because if you get beat, you get the second pick. So there's not really an element of risk involved. Yeah. Um, So I would like to see, and I, I don't know if the other teams would like it, what you could do is you could be playing for one or two, but you could also be... Playing for an extra first round pick, you get number thirty-three. Oh. Essentially, so you might you be playing for the first pick in each round, something like that. Yeah. Make it a bit spicier um, in in those terms. You know, you want to make it a contest, and I think that would be great. Like you, the I mean the the Pro Bowl is probably spoiled by the game. I think the players like getting together. Yes. They yeah. like hanging out. They like doing. You know, the various contests, the charity work, etc. The game is actually a bit of a letdown, probably for them as well. So it'd be interesting if you put it to the players' committee. Um, You know, could you come up with something? better something that you could do in front of a crowd could you know could you play seven on seven flag football you know yes. with, with, with five or six different teams is there is there something creative that you could do and I think that would be very very interesting but I'd give that to the players and say come on guys you think of something you deserve the accolade without any doubt but could we make the actual game day experience any better
0: It's one that we we might actually put out on Twitter and see if there's any ideas as to what we could do to either improve the Pro Bowl itself or move away from it and do something different on the weekend before the Super Bowl. Uh, Certainly an interesting talking point, one that we'll maybe discuss a bit more in the off-season. We have to then discuss, just before we finish for episode 37 then, the the games, uh, the games, UK games for the 2019 season have been announced. We have the Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Chicago Bears at the Oakland Raiders, the Cincinnati Bengals at the LA Rams, and the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The game going to Mexico is the Kansas City Chiefs at the LA Chargers, which is a tasty tie. But you know what? We've got four pretty damn decent games coming our way next season.
1: You might think I'm just being thrown this week.
0: <laughs> You're going to disagree.
1: I, I I, do. I heartily disagree. Now, I'm a great believer in several things that may appear to contradict each other can actually be true at the same time. So, if you look at the various responses um on Twitter to the announcement because that's where the announcement was made. One, everybody blames Neil Reynolds of Sky. Yeah, um, and <laughs> it's I, I see no no good reason, and I mean genuinely no good reason for that to stop because it's funny. <laughs> so I'm sure Neil wouldn't thank me for that, but believe me, it, I I find it quite amusing. So there are the schools have thought that hey, we've got four games, we should be grateful for the fact the NFL are bringing four games over and we should be grateful for what we get. Then you've got the other school of thought, and we've got four games, but actually they're all honking and we're just getting the dregs. This simply isn't good enough. So, you know, you've got almost two camps, Cameron, coming in here. Yeah. So what I'm saying is four games, fantastic. What I think this lacks is a bit of a va-va-voom. There's not a great deal for me of excitement. Now, let's put it into context. If you are a fan of the Panthers, the Bucks, the Texans, Jags, Bears, Raiders, or Bengals and Rams, you're stoked Yeah. your team coming. Simple as that. So that's a quarter. So that's eight Eight out of 32. That's a quarter. So a quarter of the fans are quite happy. Um, there'll be that broad brush of fans that always go to the game. So it doesn't actually matter. you want to pick one. Yeah. And there's the other one that basically, the other part that says, that's rubbish. Now, if you'd put in, for example, Saints at Bucks, I'd be happy. And I'd say, decent games, decent games coming over. Panthers at Bucks doesn't do it for me from the point of view, it's a divisional matchup, but it's not my teams. Texans at Jags, I'm getting a wee bit tired of the Jags, but. I think credit for bringing the Texans. You're bringing JJ Watt. You're bringing Deshaun Watson. You know, you're you're bringing DeAndre Hopkins. I like that matchup. Bears Raiders Raiders are are dreadful at the moment. But you're getting a chance to see the Bears on the road. Yeah. Uh, The Rams, that's the one game I'm not going to... I don't (laughs) care what
0: happens. (laughs) You could just go and boo for three hours. It might be... Therapeutic for you. <laughs> there, there,
1: there's a thought. You know, I could spike Sean McVay's hair, you
0: Now, wow. see, it's, so it's funny. Your take on that is quite different to my take on this. Um, and it's... It, so I'll run through the same games and give you my spin on this. Panthers at Buccaneers. Obviously, I get as a Saints fan, you're not interested. As someone who's not a Saints fan and isn't a fan of any team in that division... Panthers coming over to play boxes. two teams I've not seen before. Brilliant. The Panthers with Cam Newton. We know he's hit and miss. But Christian McCaffrey, what a player. DG Moore coming into his. Um, Luke Keighley and all those guys. But also we get Graham Gano back home. And I can't wait to hear about all the Arbroath-born Graham Gnot things that the NFL UK will p- pile out before that one. Bears at Raiders. We've got the Mac Bowl. Return of the Mac. We've got yep. Gruden under his newly rebuilt team. He's got three first round picks. Surely he's going to do something good with them. Surely they're going to be picking up anything half decent in free agency. Coming, ag- coming up against the Bears team, who've now got something, I think, to prove on offence. They've proven their defence is solid. Mitch Trubisky going to have to step it up. So I think that's a fascinating one with two very old core fan bases in the UK. I think atmosphere wise, that could be an absolute cracker. Cincinnati Bengals at Rams. We've got the Bengals under new leadership up against a Rams team that's either going to be the Super Bowl champions or have a chip on their shoulder because they've just lost the Super Bowl. So what are the Bengals going to do under a a new head coach for the first time in goodness only knows how long against the Rams that, you know, we saw the Eagles have a disappointing return. Uh, Or they beat the Jags when they came over, but they weren't the team they were. So will the Rams be able to keep that going? And then you said already Texans at Jags. Is divisional You know fine You know the Jags The Jags have come over a lot But I think that for me The the flip to that is You know good on the Jags For committing to it And at least making sure That they're coming Every single year And I've quite enjoyed Following the story You know it felt like It was an upward trajectory Well that trajectory Plummeted last season So I think it's going to be A really interesting year for them Will they be able to bounce back But like you said Deshaun Watson JJ Watt DeAndre Hopkins All players I want to see In the flesh Absolutely brilliant I want to go to all four
1: well if you can get NFL Scotland accreditation
0: <laughs> there's the that's the challenge set let's see what I can do there Actually, you, go, the you go for a big one I'll now, put my request in now <laughs> there,
1: there's so, two things that strike me out of this one is I sat next to a Jacks fan at the game uh, last year and um, and I should—I wish I'd got his business card because he flew over with the team. He was on the the owner's yacht. He took the the launch over to watch Fulham and then come back and go out for dinner. I, I missed the trick there. Yeah. Without any doubt because we could have been hooking up with him and what access that might have given us into the Jags who knows so that, that'll that teach me not to be more upfront. The other one is that with Bruce Arians coming over he was out in London a couple of times before yep. the games and was in pubs and speaking to people and you know buying beers and things like that he's going to be up for it That that's a great game. Uh, to go to just to see if you can track down the Bruce and buy him a beer.
0: Absolutely. Do you know what? I, I completely bypassed him. Interesting just to see what he's going to do to that team. Is Jameis Winston still going to be the man under centre? Um, Mike Evans is a great player there. So looking forward to seeing Mike Evans in action. There's lots to be lots to be excited about on that one. I'm telling you. The question is, I think there's going to be two Wembley, two at the new Spurs Stadium. Any gut feel from you which two we'll see at Wembley?
1: absolutely not because you can play it anyway i think the jags uh it depends the jags because they've had that connection yeah. with with wembley for so long will probably if i was betting on it would stay there yes because I, agree. I think they see that as home field advantage for them it also it's a bigger crowd and i think they've they've invested so much they want the bigger return on that uh bengal's Rams may end up at Tottenham and i would also say uh, that the panthers and bucks will end up there
0: do you know I agree as well, and I think, obviously the Raiders were supposed to play at the Tottenham Stadium, now that's the only thing there that's making me go, hmm, maybe they'll put the Raiders back there, but you look at the hype that came around that game, there were so many Seahawks fans wanting to go, and there were so many Raiders fans wanting to go, well there's many Bears fans in the UK, in fact there's probably more Bears fans in the UK than there are Seahawks, So and they've been fans for a long time, their team's come over before, but it's it's been a while, So they'll desperately be wanting to go out and see it. So I I agree with you. I think Bears, Raiders, Texans, Jags will be the two Wembley games. Well, anyway, that concludes things then for episode 37. We hope you've enjoyed listening. And again, we'd love to hear your feedback, good and bad. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at ScotlandNFL and on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash ScotlandNFL.
1: We well, hope you've enjoyed the pod. We've tried to make it as realistic to real life NFL as we possibly could. So I can tell you there's been no flags in the last two minutes of this NFL pod. Thanks to you for listening. Please do share the pod with as many people as you possibly can
0: next time, and I'm hoping Paul will have moved on by then, we'll be looking ahead to Super Bowl 53. Actually, I might have to do that one by myself as the LA Rams look to win just their second ever Super Bowl, while Tom Brady looks to prove everyone wrong with his sixth
1: He's my favourite player ever, Tom Brady. The Tom Brady jersey is on the way. Thanks to everyone who joined us on Sunday night at the Golf Tavern. The Golf Tavern are having a party for the Super Bowl. Look them up on Facebook for more information. We're back next week to preview the big one, as long as it's not been taken to court. But until then, bye for now.